Hello everyone, this is Art Gelwicks, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Being Productive. Now each episode we explore concepts, techniques, and tools that will help you work less and accomplish more. Now since we're trying to be efficient as well as effective, let's go ahead and get started. Well, hello, everyone. I'm starting off another talk this week. Um, and since it is the beginning of the week, we're going to start off with how do you get your week started? I mean, this is one of those crazy, weird kind of questions that everybody feels like they have answers to. But when it comes down to it, often this is where people get tripped up the most. I mean, I'll, I'll admit I run into similar problems. I'll have days where I'm ready to start my week off and settle in and go through my routine to do it. And, you know, it just doesn't seem to click. So what do we do? How do we fix it? How do we get that ball, proverbial ball rolling for each week? Uh, when I start to think about this question, of how do I get my week rolling? And I'm going to focus on mine. But if anybody wants to chime in and talk about how what they do to get their week rolling, I'd love to hear it. But let's let's start off with the challenge that I look at. First and foremost, and this is kind of a silly thing that you have to think about, but it's true, you have to decide when the week actually starts. Now, the reason why I say it's a silly thing is because a lot of people say, oh, well, Monday starts the week. That's That's how we do things. Does that necessarily have to be when you, quote, start your week? Uh, I've done coaching sessions with people where they really struggle with their Monday being the beginning of a new cycle for themselves. I said, well, I don't know why that's a rule. It's not a requirement. Let's change it around. So for those people, I had some of them start their week on a Wednesday saying that's when their their true new cycle of work is going to start. The premise of that was to work within their framework. Going in and being able to say, okay, I've got this amount of work to do through my week. But in the middle of it, I don't want to go off track, so I'm going to put my weekend right there. I'm going to give myself two days to break my cycle and then resume it Monday and Tuesday. So Monday is actually in that Wednesday to Wednesday cycle. Monday is actually the last real heavy productive day of the week. And then Tuesday becomes that that end of the week recap, wrapping everything up type of step. If you've got that as part of your piece, well, now planning for the week could be a lot easier. So it's just a thought. You don't have to follow the same week schedule as everybody else. You can adjust it, adapt it. Now, if you're working in an environment where you're working with a lot of other people, uh, you're working in an office environment or a business environment, your, your week schedule may be somewhat predetermined just because of customer availability and need. And that's fine. Totally get that. But again, it doesn't mean that you can't take control of your week cycle 
to make it match your own energy levels and activity levels and, and literally the way you address things. Second point that I get into is how do you match the influx of work that you're getting to do with the best times to do that work? See, if we think about it on a daily basis, we all have our own energy cycles. We have time periods during the day that we're really up. We have a lot of energy going on. We have a lot of focus and activity. We're ready to go. And then during that day, we're going to hit a trough. There's going to be some period. For me, it's usually the period just after lunchtime where things just lose all their momentum. If I were to picture it like a hill, I'm reaching the top of that hill. And it's just, I have to work really hard to keep things moving forward. And then just after that period, all of a sudden I start to pick up momentum again. So can I plan my week to take advantage of those cycles? Can I figure out, okay, the type of work that I do best as I'm climbing that last bit of hill is really administrative work, mundane work, things that don't require a lot of creative thinking or planning. That's the type of thing where I say, oh, okay, I'm going to go through and clean out my email just after lunch. That's a good time to do it. Make sure everything's caught up to date. Uh, make sure I've responded to everything. And even more importantly, make sure that I've got each piece of information captured into my system so I don't lose anything. I mean, that's really the key thing. When I get to that point of planning the week, I have to recognize that there's going to be things that need to be done during the week that have already been captured. They've already come up in previous weeks and previous days and wound up having to be assigned to this time block of available activity I have for the given week that I'm planning for. But if I've got that, I then have on top of it new things that are unplanned, interruptions, new opportunities, or new commitments that arise, sometimes of my own making, sometimes of other people's making, usually of other people's making if you think about how you normally get work. But that piece of figuring out how do I take all the stuff that's already on my schedule and now take all the stuff that's new coming in and hook them together, well, that's a big deal. Being able to work those two together means we still have to go back to that CPR method that I talked about earlier. Capture, process, and report. In this case, I've got to have time allocated at the, quote, beginning of my week to capture in the things that I need to be able to keep track of. And in this case, I want to capture everything. I don't want anything falling through the cracks. So literally, sitting here as I'm doing this talk, I'm watching emails coming in and requests coming in and work coming in that I need to address. Now, I can let it sit somewhere. I can let it you know, kind of fester until I get that opportunity later on, which is one of the recommended ways that you'll often hear in productivity circles is to you know, just kind of let things sit until you have a designated time to address them. I have found that doesn't work that well for me. Um, Carrying a little bit of the, the ADHD thinking forward, and this is something that I've been exploring quite a bit, uh, I have this ch the constant challenge of you know, 
object impermanence, and this happens to be data impermanence. Uh, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Well, that can happen a lot for work coming in, especially if it's, for example, emails. If you don't have some way to bring it up and then get it addressed, you should find some way to process or at least capture that first thing right away. So if I think about the piece, the task that literally just came in as we were talking, I have to decide something to do with it. Well, I'm going to literally just add it right into my tracking list. Why do it now? Why do it in the middle of a recording? Can't, can't it wait? Yeah, in theory it could. It could absolutely. And if you're comfortable with doing that and you feel that you're not going to lose track of things, then give yourself permission to do that. Give yourself permission to put off an interruption. But if you don't feel that you have confidence that you're going to be able to circle back to that thing to be able to put it into your system to make sure it gets tracked, to make sure it gets processed, and it make sure it gets executed, well then take that few seconds to at least capture it. And if you do that, then you've freed up the cycles in your head. If you think about it um, as revolutions of an engine, Every time you're just going back and revisiting the same thing over and over again, for example, if you're trying to remember this task that just came in and you're hoping that you're going to mentally remember it, well, what you're doing is you're tying up cycles in your head to remember that thing that honestly, if you captured it, you wouldn't have to remember it. You could free those cycles up. Now, a lot of people will go through and say, oh, that sounds, that sounds like a lot of note-taking, a lot of writing, and it can be. Some people only capture very vital things. When they go through to plan their week, they're only capturing the big items, the big rocks. Me, I capture everything. I have to. It's easier for me to capture something and discard it later than to wonder if I should have captured it in the first place. So think about when you're dealing with the work that is coming to you, and I don't mean just professional work. I mean personal work, could be hobby, could be family, could be just personal interest, whatever. All the things that need your mental cycles to engage with. You need to get those out of the way so that you have the cycles available to work on the things that you want and or need to work on. Are you searching for ways to become more productive? Are you tired of working so much and feeling as if you've got very little to show for it? What you need is a place with ideas, information, and others who can share in your challenges and your solutions. What you need is the Personal Productivity Club. Personal Productivity Club is a free group without spammers or scammers, whose purpose is to provide professionals and individuals with a place to learn and grow in their own productivity solutions. Why don't you come join me at personalproductivity.club to learn more and get started on your path to working less and accomplishing more. So let's go back to planning the week. So I've got this list of things that have come in and they're various things. Sometimes they're to-do items. You know, I have to actually go do an action and mark it off. Some are longer than that. 
Some are follow-up items where I've had to-dos in the past that I've done my part, but it's not actually done. That fits into the list too. And then there are things that aren't to-dos and there aren't follow-ups, but they're information that has come to me that I may need this week or I may need in the future. Again, this is all part of that capture process. Think about how do I get this out of my head and get it to a place that I can get back to it quickly? Now, I've talked about in the past you know, various tools, and there's lots of different tools out there. But one of the guidelines I'm going to give you is whatever tool you're looking at to help you with this, if it's a digitally-based tool, analog tools are different, notebooks and things, that's, that's an entirely different conversation. But if it's a digitally-based tool, one of the best things you can do for yourself is make sure that tool has a very strong search capability. Why? Well, for obvious reasons related to things like Google, if you don't know where something is, you Google it. You come up with a search term and you let the engine do the heavy lifting. Well, if your personal productivity system has all of this information in it, there's really only two ways to deal with it. You can either create structures and hierarchies and tag all it, or, um, taxonomies and tagonomies to manage the information, or you can count on search to pull back result sets for you. That's pretty easy. That makes life simpler if you're not creating the artificial structures that you need. Is one superior to the other? No. Honestly, I use both equally. Matter of fact, I use, I fall back on search a lot when I find that my hierarchical structures and organizational structures have been found to be lacking at a certain instance. After I use the search, though, I then go back and improve my organizational structure based on the requirements of that search that I just did. So if you think about all the stuff that you're gathering, whether it's personal or professional, uh, if you're a coach, if you're a consultant, if you're a teacher, if you're a craftsperson, doesn't matter. All this stuff that you're gathering provides the context for that weekly plan, getting the week moving forward. And what's the worst feeling that you run into when planning a week? It's getting three quarters of the way through the week and realizing, oh, nuts, I should have done this or I should have done that. It wasn't on my radar. Well, if it's not in your system, how do you reasonably expect it to be on your radar? Now, a lot of people will get hung up on this and they'll say, oh, well, geez, this is a lot. I have to go through and I have to plan every day and I have to break out my calendar and I have to create these, these time blocks and, and allocate things and, and create theme days. And, all. and these are all things that you're going to hear in the productivity space. But I am here to tell you one thing. Take a deep breath. You don't have to do any of those things. You can do all of them. But what I'll tell you is the more of those things that you do, you are doing more administrative work than you are actually doing things. So keep it simple. Simplify it down. I got into a conversation with a gentleman one time who wanted to deploy a big task management application. Wanted to go out and buy it, set it all up, create projects and it tags everything else. 
I'm like, that's great. That's a, that's a very worthwhile effort. What are you going to put in it? And he looked at me funny. He's like, what do you mean, what am I going to put in it? I'm going to put my tasks in it. I'm like, okay. So where are you tracking your tasks now to be able to enter them into this new system? Well, he goes, well, I have a list. I'm like, so why is that list failing you? What is that list not doing that you feel that you need to pick up and move into this other system? Well, I want reminders. Okay, that's a feature. I want this thing to remind me when I need to. Great. That's fine. But let's start back with your list. Let's look at how you're organizing the stuff in it. He's like, I don't understand. I said, well, have you ever moved houses? He's like, yeah, I've moved several times. Like, Perfect. So when you move houses, do you go through your house and box up everything in the house? Doesn't matter what it is. Just clean off the shelves, clean out the cabinets. Everything goes in a box. Everything goes to the new house, and then it all gets unpacked and put on the shelves. He goes, well, no. I'm like, well, what do you do? He goes, well, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to go. I mean, there's stuff that goes into storage. There's stuff that gets thrown out. Stuff gets donated. I'm like, ah. So you house clean first before you move. It's like, yeah, that's kind of obvious. I'm like, well, why aren't you going to do that with your list? He goes, I'm still lost. I'm like, well, if you look at your list right now, could you go through that list of things that you need to do and throw out things that are on it? Are there things there that you don't need to do anymore? He's like, yeah, I'm sure there are. I'm like, well, then let's do some house cleaning first. Let's see if it, by going through and simplifying and cleaning up what we're capturing and what we're working with, if that makes a difference, if the reminders are even necessary after we do some cleaning up. Now, that's a big task and a big project, and it was something large that he wanted to do. But if we think about it at the week level, just getting our week started, if you think about all the things that have come in the previous weeks that show up and say, look, that ha this has to be done on this week and this has to be done on this day. And when you do re your review at the beginning of the week and you look at that list, are there things on there that you can say, well, wait, maybe I don't have to do those anymore. Maybe that's not that important. One of my favorite questions around planning weeks that I ask people to ask themselves is, What's the worst that could happen? A lot of times I'll get this expression. It's like, uh, I'm not understanding. I'm like, look at everything that's on your plan for the week. Don't worry about which day of the week you're going to do it or you're going to do it in the morning or the evening. Or Don't even go that far. Just look at each item and say, what's the worst that can happen if I don't do it this week? Now, a lot of people hear me say that and they go, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're advocating procrastination. You're putting things off. Why can't you just go ahead and get them done? No, I'm not advocating procrastination. I'm advocating working less and accomplishing more. How you do that is by recognizing that you have a fixed amount of time each week to work with. There are 168 hours in a given week. If you take off of that, the recommended eight hours a day of sleep. Well, now you're down to 12 hours, or I'm sorry, 16 hours a day 
of workable time. If you have a full-time job, I wish you could see all my air quotes. I got air quotes all over the place. If you have a full-time job, that's another eight hours out of every day that's gone. But what people don't remember is that eight hours that you're taking out of your day does not mean that you are left with eight hours of day to work with outside of sleep and work because it's not contiguous. You don't get an eight hour block. You don't go immediately from sleep to work. I mean, I've fallen asleep at my desk at times and wake up and that's about as close as I've ever gotten to falling asleep and then going right to work. And even that was a train wreck. That interval, you're looking at maybe a four hour window or if there's a commute, maybe a two hour window on either end. So now when you plan your week out, you have to say, okay, these things that aren't sleep and that aren't full-time work or or career work or however you want to identify it, now have to fit in short little intervals. They have to get smaller. So when we do our weekly plan, we have to recognize that something large on our list may be too big for any time we have available. It's just, it's too chunky. We need to cut it smaller. We need to trim it down to a point where it will fit within the time intervals we have. That's one of the most important things about kicking your week off productively, is understanding the size of the effort necessary to move things forward. Notice I didn't say finish things. I said move things forward. There's a methodology called uh, getting things done. And one of the terms you'll hear in getting things done is next actions. I'm not a big getting things done guy, but I do like the concept of next actions because I believe that every time you plan something out, step by step by step, if you know what a task is and you know what the next action is that you need to do after that task, you're setting yourself up to be successful. Why? Because those tasks can be relatively small. I mean, they don't have to be eight-hour tasks. They can be a five-minute task that at least moves that thing forward. You have to take time to break it down. You have to take time to figure out what are all those different steps to get to that end result. But knowing those steps and then knowing the next action means that you can plan out a week and be able to move multiple things along during the course of the week. See, we get into this mindset at least I have many a time, and, and many of the people I talk to run into the same challenge, where they think that when they start something, they have to be able to finish it in the same session. So if it's a project, or it's a craft, or if it's a document, or whatever, they feel like when they start it, let's say they started at 9 o'clock in the morning, and they end at 12, that it has to be finished at 12. That's not the case at all. What it needs is it needs to have a transition point at 12. It needs to have a point where you can stop and then pick it up again without having to backtrack. 
one of the examples I give a lot of times for this is if you think about it like a video game. Most video games give you the ability to do a game save at a point. You go through and you save your game. And then you go do something else. You go take out the trash or take out the recycling or make dinner or whatever. And when you come back, you pick it up right from that point and move forward. It sounds like a pretty straightforward feature, but think about when you decide to make that game save. Do you do it in the middle of the big boss battle? No. Most of the time, you're not even allowed to. Do you do it at a point where you're trying to solve a really complex puzzle? No. You pick a point where you know you can stop and you know the next thing that has to happen when you come back into the game. Well, that's the same thing that we're talking about here. Being able to go through and say, I'm working on this task. I have, I'll use another example. I have several graphic designs that I need to do today. So I'm going to go through and do them. I know the steps necessary because they're very repeatable. And there are points with each one that I can stop. And if I look at my schedule and I look at my activities, I may say, you know what? I can get the first three tasks on each of these done today. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to feel good about it when those three tasks are done. I'm not going to feel bad because there's 18 more tasks yet to do because that was the commitment I made to myself. When I planned out my week and I planned out my day, my commitment was to accomplish this much and that's it. See, that's part of the challenge we get into in the working world is that we say when we are done something, there immediately needs to be something else to do. That eight hours of working time must be eight hours full of work. And that's not the case because we misdefine what work is. We miscategorize it. Work is not being the hamster in the wheel. It is not always churning something out. Work is often that idle time, that time to sit back in your chair and think about everything that you've done so far and everything that needs to be done. That quiet time of planning can make the, the biggest difference in not only the quality, but also the quantity of work that you're able to accomplish, whether it's personal or professional. If you have to go through and design something, let's say you're going to build something, you're, you're a, maybe a woodworker. That time you spend designing the thing is far more valuable than just the time period you're spending cutting pieces of wood. Why? Because you've already decided what's the right size, the dimension, the thickness, the weight, the shape. All of those things that you would normally do on the fly that distract you from quality execution, you've already taken those steps in advance. That's what this planning part of kicking your week off can make or break for you. Building your own productivity platform can be confusing, complicated, and time-consuming. What works with what? That's where the Cross-Platform Podcast comes in. 
See, every week, Augusto Pinald and I delve into common productivity issues from the perspective of our own systems to explain how you can be productive no matter what tools you use. Catch us where you listen to your favorite podcasts or go over to crossplatformpodcast.com to find the show. The other thing that this can really help you with, and I cannot stress this enough, doing a weekly plan, starting your week off, figuring out each day what you're going to do and not do, setting those boundaries also gives you the opportunity to look at the things and understand what you don't know enough about to be able to move forward. Remember I mentioned next actions. Think about the list of things you have to do right now. Somewhere I'm sure you have a list. Everybody's got a list somehow. It's either in their head or on their computer or on their desk or sticky notes all over the wall. Who knows? But think about every one of those things. And on every one of those items, can you convincingly say, I know what the next step is that I need to do for that thing? to be able to finish it successfully. If you can, more power to you. I think that's fantastic. But I'm willing to to bet a donut that, sure enough, there are things on your list that you're not 100% sure what's the next step, that you're going to have to take time to figure out what the next step is. So the question is, do you want to take that time when you're trying to do it? Or do you want to take that time in advance so that when you're ready to do it, you know how to move forward? That's where I think that value comes into play. Taking that time to figure out the next steps along that path can make or break the success of that weekly plan. Now, a lot of people have a hard time with the weekly plan because it is a week. I mean, if I have three children, and my three kids, when they were growing up, had all kinds of school activities, sports activities. We all, those of us who have children know this kind of chaos. Those of us who don't have children have their own worlds of chaos. All of those interruptions come into play, and a lot of times I'll get feedback that, "Ah, you know what, it's really hard to plan for a whole week because I don't know what's going to go on in two days, much less seven days from now, and that's okay. Sometimes you may have to shorten the week. Plan three days in advance. Or if you're just getting into this and starting to get your hands around getting a sense of control of what's going on, maybe you do it every day. Wow, every day sounds like a lot. Well, it can be if you're trying to plan a week every day. But if you're just trying to plan your day And the next day, I always recommend if you're going to go as small as a singular day for your planning, really make it two days. And here's why. If you're going to do this on a daily basis, plan the day that you're working on and plan the next day because the first time you do this, you really have to plan for two days. But the second time you do it, you already have that day planned You just need to validate the plan. You just need to make sure that it didn't go off the rails between yesterday and today. And if you can validate that, now you can plan the next day and start your cycles through that way. 
And as you get more comfortable with it and you find that the structures are working and your automations are working and your calendar is showing up when it's supposed to and your reminders are popping up on your phone, that's great. You can then expand it bigger and bigger and bigger to a point where you have a comfortable plan cycle. I know several people who operate on a five-day cycle. And they don't actually plan their weekends, which I think is really cool. We have this, I had this discussion with one lady, um, sweet lady. She goes, yeah, I plan my week out Monday through Friday. I have it all blocked out and everything. I'm like, wow, that's, that's really good. And she goes, and I do nothing for Saturdays and nothing for Sundays. I go, really? She goes, yeah, because those are two days I just don't want to plan anything. I know there's some things I have to get done, and I have a list. I have a little index card list of just the things that I need to get done in that two-day period. But there's no real plan as per se. I just get them done when I get them done. As long as they're done by the end of the day Sunday, I'm happy and I'm ready to go. And I'm like, that's fantastic. That is a great way to maintain a sense of control without operating at a panic level all the time of, I must plan everything. You need that downtime. You need that, that kind of reset in the level of complexity that you're putting things together in. It can really make a lot of difference. So now let's go back to kicking our week off. I mean, we've got, we've got an idea. We have our list. We have our, I know what each thing needs to go to next. How am I going to work that list? How am I going to make that work over the next week? Well, I'm a big fan of outlining. I, I've been an outliner for years and years, and just about every application I use, I create outlines. So what I do is I create an outline header for each day. And under that outline header for each day, I create an entry for my business, for the nonprofit work I do, for my personal interests, and for miscellaneous things. Now, why miscellaneous? Well, because we all have things that just kind of show up. And on each day, I have those four sections. And under each of those sections, I start to plug in the things that I need. Now, part of the question is, where do I get the stuff to plug in? Well, that's the benefit of the capture process report method that I keep talking about. Because I've captured all this stuff kind of bluntly in a big bucket, I can take the big bucket of things that I've captured and I can take my outline of days and literally just drag things from the bucket over to the days. That allows me, one, to have all the information that came with the bucket items dropped into the day that I know I'm going to take it, but it also gives me the chance to see the day all the time. I can get a sense as to, ooh, that looks like a really busy day. I may not do this activity on that day. I'm going to move it to the next day, and so on and so forth. That, to me, becomes extremely powerful because I, again, again get a perspective as to what I'm going to have to do and what it's going to expect of me. I may look at my listing of things for a given day and it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot of real heavy thinking things. I may not want to have multiple of those on a given day. I want to spread them out allow myself to really focus on individual days. So I move things around. That planning exercise takes me about a half hour each week. 
I give myself time. I get myself a cup of coffee. I sit down. I turn on some music. And that's dedicated time that I use. Is it always the same time during the week? No. Honestly, it isn't. A lot of methodologies will tell you you should pick a time and stick with it all the time. And if that works for you, great. That doesn't work for me. Sometimes I'm in a little bit more of a planning mood than others. So sometimes it'll be first thing Monday morning. Sometimes it'll be Sunday evening. Sometimes it'll be Wednesday evening. I just find myself in a mood to, to revise my plans. And I do that. I give myself the latitude and the permission to adapt to where my energy is. Now, with that outline then, and I have this structure, how do I move it forward? I mean, this is the first day of the week. That's great. I go through and I do things. And as things get done, depending on the application you use, sometimes there's little check boxes next to it. Sometimes there aren't. Sometimes you just cross things out. Or I don't recommend deleting things, though. There's a few people I've met who will go through and they have their to-do list. Like, oh, yeah, I finished it, so I deleted the item. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Why? Don't do that because you need the validation at the end of the day that, yes, I was able to accomplish some things. And if they just disappear, the only thing you'll ever be looking at is a whole list of things that need to be done. That's no fun. It's like looking at a giant pile of empty candy wrappers with no more candy to eat. It's kind of backwards from the to-do list, but you know what I mean. There's nothing exciting about it. There's no opportunity to say, wow, you know, I had a busy day. I'm tired, but I got a lot done. I feel good about that. And that's what we need that validation for. So how do I work that? Well, I go through and I actually have, under each section, because I mentioned the four headers, I create a subheader underneath that says completed. And as I finish something, I drag it down to that completed section. It's not ticked off, it's not checked off, it's not, none of that stuff has to happen. I just move it down to that lower section, because then at any time in the future, I can go back to that day and look at what I completed for that day's activities. It's not bad. It seems to work pretty well for me. But what do you do with stuff that doesn't get done? Oh, heaven forbid. We've laid out a plan. We've created a bunch of entries. We've got a lot of tasks. We get a bunch of stuff done, but there's still stuff sitting there that didn't get done. Well, one, go back, take a deep breath. What's the worst that can happen? You should have already answered that question. And if it's one of those things that the world's going to come to an end because that thing didn't get done, honestly, that was one of the first things you should have done that day. That helps you set priority of activities. But if it's one of those things that eh, the world is not going to stop rotating because I didn't get that done today, can you do it tomorrow? Do you have time to do it tomorrow or later on in the week? Whatever structure that you create to help organize these things, you need to be able to flex the content to deal with change. And in this case, what I do is I take things that don't get finished, but aren't going to stop the world, and I'll just drag them down to another day, moving them forward. And then I look at that day and say, hmm, I kind of messed that day up, didn't I? I pushed something into it that I hadn't planned on before. Now that day's really full. Are there things that I can pull out? Are there things that I can adjust? 
And I recommend doing these adjustments not just at the end of the day. Use foresight when you look at your listings. Use foresight when you look at the work that you're committing to during a day. And recognize that sometimes you just have this sense. It's like, oh, this day is kind of taken on its life of its own. I always use the phrase, it has spiraled wildly out of control. Because it happens. It happens a lot to people. It happens to me. So what do you do with it? Well, sometimes you'll just make a call and say, hmm, there's no way I'm getting to that thing today. And bump it to the next day or a couple days later. So I always look at that as a barter. I'm going to force another day to take something that I had committed to myself to do today. But in exchange, I'm going to look and see if there's anything on that day that I can pull back to today. Maybe it's smaller. Maybe it's less consequential. Maybe there's a couple little things I can pull back. Great. I'll pull those back to today and I'll get those knocked out and they're done. They're off the schedule for that future day, which has now picked up this big thing that I didn't get finished today or wasn't going to happen today. The other thing to keep in mind, too, that just because something cannot be accomplished on the day that you're trying to do it doesn't mean you failed. That's, that's really important to keep in mind. Remember, you put this plan together before you were ever prepared with all the details of the things you were trying to do. And you can't predict the future, so you have no idea what interruptions are going to crawl up out of the woodwork to throw things off the rails. They're just going to happen. So just because something didn't get done on the day you said it would get done, their odds are really good that there's a, a pretty good reason that it didn't happen. If you're committed to doing the work that you want to do, if you're committed to doing meeting your commitments, I'm going to use that word way too many times in a sentence, but if you have made that effort, I'm going to do my best to do everything that I've promised, and still some things don't get done, okay, it happens. There's two things to do. One, move the items in your schedule so they don't get lost. You can't just delete them unless they are no longer important, which does happen. You get emails that come through and say, oh, you know, you don't need to do that anymore. Happily strike that thing from your list. Enjoy getting that out of there because it's not something you need to do. But the second thing, and probably the most important, is soon after you've done that move of that item, you've had to reschedule that item. In the next review you do, you need to answer the question, why did that have to get rescheduled? This is part of the reporting process that I talk about with CPR. See, we've captured the stuff and we've processed it now. That report Normally, we think about with corporate environments, oh, I'm going to tell my manager, I'm going to tell... No, 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 no. This is us, people. This is just us. We are talking to ourselves. But we have to report to ourselves, why did something happen? Was it out of our control? Or, in being honest with ourselves, did we really not want to do it so much that we let it slide? And that happens. Absolutely that happens. But we have to be honest with ourselves to be able to address those things. 
Was it a situation where I did not know what the next action was and I had to spend time trying to figure that out? Therefore, I wound up without enough time to do the other things I had planned. These are all questions that you need to take time to ask. If you ask yourself those questions and you answer them honestly, you can start to see the trends in how you deal with work. And that feeds into planning your week. That feeds into, oh nuts, I have to do this thing again that I really don't like to do. Therefore, last time I said it would take an hour, I'm gonna give it two hours. Well, it may not take two hours, but what you might be doing in that case is saying, yeah, it's really gonna take an hour, but I don't like doing it so much, I'm gonna take that second part of the hour for me and give it to me as a reward for doing this thing that I find really icky. You need to find ways to think about how to make work move forward for yourself. It's different for everyone. It takes time. There is no singular method that works across the board. Um, if anyone says they have a universal method that works for everyone, the only thing they're doing is trying to sell you something. But take that time to look at your facts, look at your tasks, look at the things you've captured, and decide really where things fit together. The final thing I want to talk about today, and I'll finish up, is at some point, declare a day of review. I usually do my declared day either the first day of the month or the last day of the month, depending on how the calendar falls and, and whatnot. And that day, I will allocate, sometimes if I can get away with the whole day, that's great. I, I will take the whole day. Uh, a lot of times it's like a half day. I'll take like the last half of the day or the first half of the day. And I go back and I look at every day from that month. I start at the beginning of the month and work every day through. And I look to see did I meet the commitments I made to myself? Did anything fall through the cracks that needs to be pulled forward? And is there anything I can learn from this past month that I can apply as I start to plan for future activities? See, again, it's that reporting step in the process. Reporting back to yourself that you've got this opportunity of information this data set that you can then leverage and learn from, if you report that back to you, you can learn from it. But if you don't report it back to yourself, you'll never learn a thing from it. And you'll continue to make the same efforts and unfortunately, in many cases, the same mistakes time and time again. And we don't want to do that. Nobody wants to do that. I don't want you to do that. Absolutely not. Because I want you to do something very simple. The same thing I've said over and over again. Four words. I use them all the time. Work less, accomplish more. Find ways to do that. And then you can do all kinds of things. Thanks for listening. I'm going to keep this going on other topics. But if you have topics you want me to talk about or explore, uh, drop me a chat. Drop me a message. Let me know. I'm, I would love to dig into anything that you're interested in. Thanks a lot, and everybody, have a good day.
Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen. If you found this episode useful, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. It's a quick step for you, but it means a lot to us and goes a long way to helping us help others. Also, if you have ideas for future episodes or topics you'd like us to explore, drop us a line over at Gelwix Tech so that we can make this podcast even more useful for you. 